0: The Live Richly podcast is sponsored by Keystone Wealth Partners. For a complimentary retirement map review, visit keystonewealthpartners.com slash map. Welcome to Live Richly, a show where life meets money. Join John Hagenson as he shares practical insights to help you make better financial moves. John is a certified financial planner, holds a master's degree in financial services and a professional certification from Stanford University. He is the founder of Keystone Wealth Partners, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm that manages over a half billion dollars for clients across the nation. Welcome to the Live Richly podcast, where my goal is to meet you at the intersection of some of life's most important places so that together we can make progress. Brittany and I recently took our anniversary trip out to a place for 24 hours on 20 acres in northern Arizona, backed up to thousands of acres of national forest, snow everywhere, brought a bottle of wine. I know you guys are thinking this sounds so romantic and tranquil. Well, it's like when people in cartoons have that vision and then it's broken glass. We also had Luna, our four month old with us. Now, all the rest of the kids were at home. So it was pretty peaceful. We went to Arizona. We drove into Williams. We looked at the young life, lost Canyon camp with our beverages in the cup holder. I mean, it was for our life, pretty peaceful. But that trip reinforced something that I know to be true. And that is that things that are foreign are scary. Familiarity creates trust, doesn't it? Because in this log cabin that had been beautifully renovated were a lot of weird noises. And of course, we're up at elevation. So no one's sleeping well. The baby's awake every 30 minutes. I'm half awake and I'm hearing sounds. Is that some wild animal outside? Is that the person that I just heard? In my true crime podcast, that I probably shouldn't have been listening to while I'm out in the middle of the forest. But you know what I'm talking about. You stay at an Airbnb and you hear all sorts of weird noises that you're not used to. And then by your second or third night, you realize, oh, that's just the noises of this house. That's the furnace turning on. Yeah, Kevin McAllister took him a couple days with his parents in Paris to finally tell that basement furnace, shut up. Which, when we watch it at the holidays, we immediately tell all of our kids, that is not appropriate talk. You do not say the S word. Do not be like Kevin. He is disrespectful. One of our kids struggles with writing letters backward, is very dyslexic. When we first found out about it, we thought, oh no, like, is this going to be something they struggle with the rest of their life? What are they going to need for tutoring? How do we help them overcome this? And then you start researching this foreign, unfamiliar diagnosis. And you realize with seven kids, it was pretty likely that at least one of the seven would struggle with this. It's not atypical that one of our kids is going to have allergies because with a family of our size, you are sort of talking about the law of large numbers. At Keystone Wealth Partners, when a new client comes on board, we have a series of three webinars slash live events for new clients called foundations. And the first in that three-part series is a presentation that I deliver titled setting expectations because frustration is the gap between expectation and reality. And so far more often than not, our contentment or lack of contentment is not driven by the circumstances, but rather the delta between our perceived outcome and what has in fact happened. Will Durant said it best when he said, and I quote, as knowledge grew, fear decreased. It rains about 152 days a year in Seattle. That's you know, close to half the time. It's not noteworthy when it rains. Now in Arizona, when it rains, our kids all run outside and jump in puddles and act like it's a national holiday which is what I did in Seattle when it would snow. Maybe 34 degrees, rain mixed with snow. I'm checking to see if school's gonna be canceled and I'm out rolling a bunch of bark dust with white powder on it to try to make a snowman. It's like a bark man. Meanwhile, Brittany is in North Dakota and those people are just wondering if the snow's gonna melt by April. But if something like the rain happens half the time, you don't think to yourself this is crazy when it starts raining in the Pacific Northwest. When well, my dad and I would sit at the Kingdom and watch Junior and Buner and Edgar and Tino, in the big unit, an A-Rod, a young, non-weird jumping around relationships with people all the time. A-Rod, play shortstop, little Joey Cora with his drag bunts. It wasn't shocking when a player that batted 250 went one for four. I just sat there and dipped my little wooden spoon into my chocolate malt and asked if I could get dipping Dots the next inning. You didn't leave your seats and go, well, we've seen it all. Never need to go to a game again. And why might I be sharing this with you today? Well, you got chicken little right now running around saying the sky is falling because the market's corrected. The fed announced this week that they're going to raise rates as many as four times, likely starting after their March meeting. And as Ben Carlson pointed out, they're almost like the wizard of Oz because the fed hasn't even raised rates yet. They just said that they're going to raise rates. And we see this sort of market reaction. I want to be clear. The fed says a lot of things in a dynamic global economy that don't end up happening meaning they might say, we plan to raise rates up to four times and then only raise it once. They may raise it six times. So you don't wanna deviate from long-term strategies based upon Fed forecasts. But here's the correlation to it, raining half the time in Seattle and not being a big deal. If you look at your accounts in a diversified stock portfolio, historically speaking, every single day at market close, you're up just over half the time, barely. Now, if you look annually, you're up about seven out of 10 years. Meaning one out of every three or four times you look at that December 31st, you're depressed. You have less money than January. This is like the platooning left fielder for the Mariners all those years, what their batting average was. It's not noteworthy. It happens about a third to a quarter of the time. In corrections, a drop of 10% or more have happened since 1950, almost on an annual basis, little less than once per year. And on average, it drops 14%. percent s and ps is down about 10% as I'm recording this. And this is why we host that educational foundations webinar for new clients, because we know that over a 10, 20, 30 year client relationship, us avoiding bear markets, recessions, crashes, or even things as subtle as just an annual down year in the markets or a 12% correction or a 16% correction is impossible. So we want to be ready for those things. And for you to have a positive experience with your money, you need to be aware of these things and how normal they are as well. So when the furnace goes on, you Kevin McAllister it and tell it to shut up, just like this correction. Which leads me to my rule for money for today's podcast. Maintain adequate cash reserves. If you don't have any margin for error, you will be much more anxious in down markets. If you have plenty of money to withstand prolonged recessions, think 2008, it took about four years for the markets to get back to their pre-bear market levels. But if you had some short-term fixed income and you had some cash on hand, and you weren't out over your skis with your expenses, you never needed to interrupt compound interest. And even better, you may have had some dry powder available to rebalance and buy more while everything was on sale. I mean, obviously the best time to buy since the Great Depression was March of 2009. The second best time to buy since the Great Depression in a diversified portfolio was March of 2020. If you were heavy in growth and tech, the best time to buy was when the dot-com bubble burst. I mean, the stock market, as the adage goes, is one of the only things where prices drop and everybody runs out of the store. But you can only do that if you've got enough margin for air. We used to have a place up in Pine Top, which is in northern Arizona. And one of the unique things about Pine Top is that there are two ways that are almost the exact same amount of time to get home. Back down into the Phoenix Valley and our house in Gilbert. Now, this particular time on the way home, we decided to go through Payson, which isn't the typical route we take. We normally take the more scenic and a little bit shorter distance Salt River Canyon. But there was weather and we just thought, you know what? Let's go the way with the wider roads, less hairpin turns. So we got through the town of Sholo, and it's where you have to make a right to go to Payson or you keep going straight. That's your decision point. We made a right. We started heading towards Payson. I wasn't overly concerned when my GPS started telling me, make a U-turn, make a U-turn. Because the Salt River Canyon way is maybe five, 10 minutes quicker. But after about 25 miles of going that direction, my car was still telling me, make a U-turn, make a U-turn. I'm like, ah, just turn this thing off. It's obnoxious. Now I should have listened to my fancy schmancy electric car adaptive navigation because when we got down toward Payson, there was a fatality crash and the entire road was stopped. Lesson learned. Sometimes the computers know what they're talking about. Sometimes they take you down a side street and you end up in someone's driveway to get to Coldstone. Stone. And you're like, wait a second. What the heck? This thing isn't right. Reminds me of the office episode when Michael Scott drives straight into the lake down the boat ramp Because the GPS told him to, you know, and I was remembering that as I was disregarding my GPS. But here's the parallel to what I was talking about earlier. We didn't need to get home other than the fact that we had a carload of kids just screaming and their batteries on their screens were dying and you know, all the rest. But beyond that, we didn't have an important appointment that we needed to get to. We had enough margin. It was the weekend. I didn't have a client meeting in three hours, but if someone was driving home and said, well, I plan on getting home an hour before this thing that I need to do. That's very important. They're out of luck. This is the idea of cash reserves. I played baseball in the Pacific Northwest growing up and in college. When it starts drizzling and raining, you add some quick dry. If it's going to stay raining for a while, you bring out the tarp. In college baseball, you're the tarp crew. Everybody goes and grabs part of the tarp and pull it across the field. The idea is that you wait out the storm and then you remove the tarp. Our cash reserves and more stable parts of our portfolio are the tarp. These sorts of events and volatility and corrections are a complete non-factor if you even have just a little buffer to withstand that. So if you're feeling anxiety around the market, you may be racing back from pine top, stuck right now in traffic, wondering how you're gonna make that appointment. That might be a really good sign that your plan is not durable enough. And one final note on this, if you are an accumulating investor, you are rooting for corrections. You should say, keep dropping lower as I'm contributing to all of my accounts and buying low. Our verse of the day comes from 1 Peter 5.10. The suffering won't last forever. It won't be long before this generous God, who has great plans for us in Christ, eternal and glorious plans they are, will have you put together and on your feet for good. This too shall pass. John, what if it drops another 20%? It'll pass. Parenting is the perfect reminder of this. Days are long, years are short. We just moved Luna from her bassinet into her crib. She's out of our room. Is she sleeping through the night? Of course not, but she's not waking us up to every single noise throughout the night any longer. But as a parent, you go through these seasons where you just think to yourself, this is never going to end. We're never going to get great sleep ever again. And then you blink and your kid's 10. I mean, think about how stupid it would be if you lived in North Dakota and it was July and you just said, I'm going to sell all of my snow stuff. I don't need boots. I don't need gloves. Let's get rid of our snow shovel." I mean, shoot, let's just remodel the garage and make it part of the house. Let's park our cars outside. It's so nice. We don't need a garage. Obviously, your friends would look at you and say, what's wrong with you? It's July. It's a different season. And just as we are not surprised when football season starts and September rolls around and the leaves start changing color and the temperature cools and the mornings are crisp and you start having that smell of burned leaves. Brittany loves that. She's like, oh, autumn's here. Reminds me of North Dakota. Smelling burned leaves. This is exactly how the markets work. There are seasons, there is a cadence. It's not summer for 22 straight years. And so you need to be prepared for these events. And unfortunately, we know from investment flow data that people tend to jump in and effectively buy a kayak and a pontoon and paddle boards in August because now you know, they're really thinking, man, this has just been, I really need these. This would make summer so much better. Well, of course the leaves are about to change. I talked last week about how a whole bunch of money flowed into ARK Investments and now it's down over 50%. The average dollar in there, even though their long-term tracker's been over 20% a year, is down because people don't get in at the right time. We had a client who had always been a do-it-yourself, or he was a bit apprehensive, to be fair, to even delegate this, but decided he wanted to, wanted to have good continuity for his wife, who wasn't as involved as something were to happen to him. And as gross stocks were outperforming a more diversified portfolio, he just couldn't take it. And finally he came to us with this cherry-picked portfolio of a bunch of gross stocks and thinly traded ETFs and said, I mean, if I had been in this stuff, which is what I would have been in, which was not true, I'd be up way more. Why am I paying you guys? And eventually we realized, you know, this just isn't a good fit. Why don't you do this yourself? You know, the whole idea that not everyone should hire a financial planner. If you want to do it yourself and you think you have the expertise and you think you have the time, then I guess you can do it yourself. The problem is most cases it's like this gentleman. I know what he went into because he emailed us all the holdings. He's getting absolutely annihilated right now. So he got the returns of a diversified portfolio, became frustrated, piled into growth right before it dropped in value. It's like a behavioral finance case study. This is what we do. Discipline and not getting caught up in too much FOMO is hard because we're humans. And it really reminds me of the asymmetry in what we hear versus what's actually happening. We know that what bleeds leads. So the losses are noisy and the wins are silent. Last year, 2021, the largest drop in the S&P 500 was just over 5%. So I told you earlier, the average corrections, 14% peak to trough last year, it was barely five. I mean, unbelievably low levels of volatility. Wasn't a lot of chatter about it. People just live their lives. This year, growth stocks are down about 12% and it's all the rage. David Portnoy, the raunchy founder of Barstool sports who was acquired by Penn gaming said about a year ago that Warren Buffett was washed and he's the new captain. Now, part of this is just his persona on social media. The guy is an idiot and says things for effect, but Penn Gaming, if you're wondering, it's down 70% from its highs. 7 0. A diversified portfolio, Buffett's value investing approach, doing pretty darn well right now. And this is the exact reason to diversify. Growth stocks and speculative assets like crypto are getting absolutely annihilated. Kenny, our portfolio manager, was telling me that Odell Beckham Jr.'s deal with the LA Rams was worth $750,000 paid in Bitcoin. The price at that time, $64,293. Bitcoin's price now, $35,400. As of today, Beckham's deal is worth $412,953, but he will be taxed from the $750,000 on the state and federal level, which is 50.3 when combined in California. This means, if you're counting that so far, OBJ has netted $35,000, $703 from his NFL contract this year. He's effectively played for free. Now he's elevated his status and doing a whole lot better with McVay and Stafford than the lowly Browns and undersized, marginally athletic, super cocky Baker Mayfield. But that's a good reminder not to take your advice from NFL players. About the time they start saying, take all your salary in Bitcoin, just run for the hills. But legitimate sustained growth stocks, are down a bit. And that's why there's some noise on this. Apple's down about 12%. Google about 15%. Amazon down 23% off its highs. Tesla 25%. Netflix is down just over 45%. It dropped 23% in a day after its earnings report. And think about how challenging it really is to invest. Netflix hasn't grown in four years. It's gross revenues and subscriptions are up over five times and its profits are twice as high yet the stock price because markets are forward looking. We understand that is down. It's made nothing the last four years. This stuff's hard, but the S and P 500, not even quite down 10% right now, a well-diversified portfolio. Like some of our clients are in, you know, they're coming in saying, man, we're hearing a lot about this. What's going on. And we're looking at their portfolio saying you're down three and a half percent. And we're just going to rebalance. If it goes down a bit more, all the money that you have, that's volatile. Isn't needed for five or 10 years or longer. Go back and play pickleball. Oh, okay, cool. So we know that David Portnoy and Odell Beckham are not good sources of financial information and advice but I've got one financial Titan who also isn't. Jeremy Grantham is smart, well-respected. Not sure how actively involved he is anymore. But I mean, in 2010, he was saying, have half your money in cash. In 2013, he called it being the next enormous bubble, like the great depression. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because he's talking again. Now that we're in this correction territory with the NASDAQ down 17%. And it's like a broken clock tells the right time twice a day the market would have to drop over 75% to get back to the levels it was in 2013 when he was telling everybody to go bury their money in the backyard. And again, there's no accountability. So be very careful where you're consuming news and recognize that what you're hearing is disproportionately leaning toward the dramatic, toward the negative, because that's what gets ratings. And I wanna end today's podcast with one other practical takeaway. Things are happening today Far quicker than they used to. Maybe it's the algorithms, the flows toward passive, and a lot of indexing. But just like we saw the Chiefs and Bills, one of the best games I've ever seen 24 points in two minutes, the infamous 13 second two play drive to get in field goal range. These are the markets. We saw the fastest bear market during the pandemic, followed by a bounce of over 70% shortly thereafter. Information's moving quicker, there's less friction on trading there's trillions of dollars in index funds. And so remind yourself, this is the new normal and does not necessitate a material change to your strategy. But just like I did on Sunday night, sit back, relax, and enjoy the Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen show. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave us a review. And before acting upon anything discussed today, speak with a financial advisor near you. And if you're not sure where to turn and you'd like our help, you can visit us anytime at keystonewealthpartners.com for a complimentary Retirement Map Review, and remember, we are the wealthiest society in the history of planet Earth. Let's make our money matter. John is the founder of Keystone Wealth Partners, an SEC-registered investment advisor that manages over a half billion dollars for clients across the nation. All opinions expressed by John or any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Keystone Wealth Partners. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Keystone Wealth Partners may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast.